Welcome to Off the Bench for Kubota diesel generators, for serious backup power, and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Off the Bench as we get towards the pointy end, the real pointy end of the season with possibly the top eight finalised. We think it's just about done and dusted, but the positions within that top eight in the NRL still very much up for grabs. Benny Jones is my name. We are here thanks to our great friends Kubota. They are diesel generators for serious backup power and first choice liquor. Of course, I can't do the show by myself. Joining me, as always, is former premiership star at a club that is in the news right now and are they in the news for all the wrong reasons it seems the Penrith Panthers are referred to and Scotty Sattler my co-host is the man in question welcome to you Sats hello Benny yeah it's been a uh, massive week in and not only rugby league but of course sport as well um, we saw the the retirement of, of Billy Slater that we saw the yep. unfortunate passing of, at such a young age of, of Jared Lyle mm. the Australian golfer and then of course on top of that is has been the uh, the feud, the ongoing feud at Panthers. Yeah, as you alluded to, between Anthony Griffin and, and Gus Gould, and it's been entertaining listening, hasn't it, during <laughs> it throughout the week? It's yeah. good when you're not involved. <laughs> exactly right. It's been a bit like a boxing bout. Uh, both guys have come from their respective corners. They've thrown a couple of punches, and I, I reckon we're only at about... I reckon we're only at about round five, round six. I think there's a bit more of this to play out, and, and I'm really going to be interested in your thoughts on on possibly later in the show. We'll get into a great debate, but who's come out looking the better out of the two from this? I refer to Anthony Griff and Gus Gould, who've um, who've both been pretty public in um, in their criticisms of each other. So that's coming up shortly. Uh, earlier in the week, uh, yourself, myself, Gary Belcher had the pleasure of speaking with the NRL's 13th immortal, uh, one of the all-time greats, undoubtedly, uh, Mel Meninga, and we'll have some of that audio for our listeners shortly. Uh, and lots to get to, including last night, where uh, Round 22 got underway, and you just knew it was going to be an absolute classic because when these two sides meet, the Cowboys and the Broncos, it's the only way they can decide a game with some late, late drama. So all of that is coming up for us very, very soon. But we, let's start with... Let's start with a positive in a sense. I know that Billy Slater retiring isn't a positive, but what he has given NRL fans, particularly those of the Melbourne Storm, Queensland and the Kangaroos over the years, is nothing short of positive. What an incredible player, and he's uh, maybe got another chapter or two to write on this glittering career. Yeah, 300-plus gamer. As uh, the second all-time try scorers as well. He's won a golden boot, which is, uh, of course, the best player in the world, um, Benny, uh, at the end of the 2000. I think it was 2008 it might have it was. been, his yep. golden boot. Yeah, he's, uh, he's won uh, two Clive Churchill medals. He's just an, a, an, an amazing player, an amazing person off the field more importantly. But mm. he's been a player that when he arrived at Melbourne, they weren't quite sure. Yep. They weren't quite sure what sort of player he was going to be and whether he's going to be able to make it in the NRL. They knew he had speed. They knew he had all the talent, but they just didn't know whether he had... Uh, he can control his emotions enough to be able to play week in, week in out rugby league. But what a player he's turned into! You know what? Our our uh, very good friend and and friend of the show, also um, Gary Belcher. I, I still regard Badge, and not because we know him. Um, I still regard him as one of one of the greatest modern day fullbacks. Yeah. I thought he changed the way that fullbacks played by communicating with his forwards and the way that he used to chime into a backline and Mal Meninga and the and the combination that they had. We hadn't really seen that from a, a fullback, and I thought that Badge changed it. Well, Billy Slater's taken to another level. Yep. With the amount of intensity that he plays, with um, also the competitive nature that he has as well, and and to be able to fight back from those three shoulder reconstructions just to show the resilience and the courage mm. of the man and mm-hmm. and also um, the composure as well to yep. 
and the confidence that he still had in his ability to be able to finish uh, his career the way that he deserves to finish it. So, but what it does do, Benny, doesn't it? It's by doing it four weeks out from the end of the regular season, it basically just fires a shot over the bow at all the other teams to say, oh my God, this, hmm. just when we thought they weren't good enough, now they've got hmm. something really to play for. So uh, I'm going to be really intrigued over the final four weeks of the regular season, seeing how this can transcend into the finals. Uh, coming up very soon, obviously, we'll uh, look forward to uh, what is still to come this weekend with your tips for remainder of round 22. And of course, a look back on the Thursday night blockbuster the Queensland derby, if you will, between the Cowboys and the Broncos. Essentially a week on from the announcement that he was uh, to become the uh, the rugby league immortal, the 13th to be inducted into that very prestigious group. And uh, just to see how the title was sitting with him a week on and to catch up and reminisce and even talk about uh, modern day superstars of the game like Billy Slater. So uh, let's have a little listen to that chat. This is Mel Meninga. It is with great pleasure we announce our 13th immortal, an icon of the game. Mal Meninga. Well, there it was last Wednesday night, that star-studded occasion in Sydney, Badge and Sats. And I've got to say, the reason why I'm so thrilled that our next guest was named as the 13th Immortal is because usually when introducing him, you'd have to go through the four Kangaroos tours, countless appearances, obviously for Australia, for Queensland, premierships galore, Queensland coach, Australia. It's tiring. Now all all we have to say, and his teammate, now all we have to say is, Welcome to Sports Day, the 13th Immortal, Mel Meninga. Mel, welcome to the program. Oh, yeah, thanks. I think. Uh, <laughs> well, that crew there, yeah, no, it's, um, it's been a great you know, five days and um, a lot of celebrations and you know, still a buzz with it. It's, yeah. Um, it was a tremendous honour. It's got a nice ring to it too, hasn't it? The 13th Immortal. Mel, the moment that your name was called out, did, did you know it was coming? Had you been tipped off? You knew you were getting no. it or...? No badge, otherwise well, I would have rang you and told you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, but I mean, I, I'm only thought maybe in half an hour before someone's tapped you on. No one. No, so when no, you no when didn't you mate. actually heard your name called out, and and for different awards over the years, there's been plenty of that for you. And but when you actually heard that, how, how did you feel? Uh, it it took me a while to sink in. To be honest with you, a couple of seconds. Um, I'm looking around, and um, then it sort of, you know. Just made me realise all of a sudden, hey, my name was. <laughs> um, I'm going up the stairs and I'm thinking, God, what happens now? I had, nothing was prepared. Um, you know, what do I do? How do? Who do I thank? Um, you know, it was just um, surreal moment at the time. Um, hopefully, I did the, you know, the the accolade, you know, worthy um, by the by the chat, by the speech I had. But um, it sort of sunk in. It started thinking now around what it means. That you know means a lot to me, obviously personally, but I think it's it's better than me. It's What's well, greater than me? It's it's about you know, the people I've been involved with through my footy career. It's helped me along the way, and you know, obviously you're one of those. But it goes way back to mum and dad, and all the coaches, and you know, and all the all the mates that I played footy with. And you know, it's it's sort of bigger than me, I reckon. And um, I'm kind of hoping that the people who supported me and believed in me, you know, through my journey in footy, um, get as much enjoyment out of out of the uh, the award than than I have. You know, so um, yeah, that's what it means to me now. I think. They, well, I know I did, and I know everyone that's played with you, and, and you, you'd know from all of the messages of support you got now. I'm really surprised to hear you say you had nothing prepared because we played your speech the next day. You nailed it, mate. Yeah. There was yep. I don't I don't think you'd look back at that and say, "Gee, I forgot a couple of people, or I should have mentioned this yeah, or that." Right. It just you took your yeah. time and nailed it. You know I, what I what I thought, Badge, was that you know all the speeches beforehand, you know, like all the Hall of Famers. 
Um, it was really humbling uh, to hear them chat about, you know, what was important to them about you know, the game of their achievements. It was about mum and dad. It's about their special coach or their, you know, all their mates they played footy with when they were young kids. Um, you know, Big Gordy talked about all the volunteers and you know, all the people that supported him through his um, career so far. So it was pretty. It was a very humbling experience the whole night, and um, it was that that coupled with obviously. The immortal announcement, those three immortal announcements, you know, pre pre war era, you know, that was that was a special time, and yeah. I couldn't have been more prouder of the game um, than to acknowledge those three players, you know. So, yeah, it was a it was a humbling experience. So, I mean, I didn't want to not do it justice, and you know, he got me thinking about. And that's why I said before around it's bigger than the person. I reckon it's a bit. It's it's my rugby league community and friends and mates. And you know, coaches and and family that were there all the way for me, and, and those the the people who believed in me, and they deserved as much as I did. Hey Mel, um, you've had some great coaches over the in over the years in your career, and you spoke in high praises of Tim Sheens. I was fortunate enough in my last year to to have my last year with Tim Sheens. It was one that I I hold very dear to my heart. It it says to me the highest accolades that you gave him on the night that he had a real profound effect on your career. He did from a leadership point of view. That's you know. So I mean, um, we had a good, we had conversations about you know captaincy and uh, his reign there, and you know and I learnt from my experiences under Wayne when he made me captain in '94, '84. Sorry that um, you know I wasn't quite ready for it. So, um, but when we had a chat in '89 about the leadership and about captaincy and what that meant and um, and what we thought uh, that meant to my career, so it's, it was a new goal for me. Um, a sort of rebirth for, of my career after four broken arms, um, it, it, it motivated me. So, you know, it gave me something to achieve. Um, you know, I put more goals in front of me around all that. So, I mean, uh, it's different, you know, playing and, and captain of the, of the team. And I remember, and Badger remember this, you know, I, I think in my first game, uh, I'd been playing against Parramatta and they break wide through us and, they scored out of the pace and they scored the first try. And now here I am as captain, you know, giving it to the forwards. And um, one of the forwards popped back at me and said, listen, you're bigger than us, why don't you do it? And um, that had a profound effect on me because, yeah, they're right. And the captaincy is all about action, leading by example. And um, it got me off my backside a little bit. And I think it, it helped me become a better player. No, good on you, mate. Listen, there's so much we could talk about. We wish we could just... Hang around a bit longer, but uh, we've got to get on with the show. Um, and and when I, I, you know, I did say before how proud everyone is of your achievements, and I know you would have had that many messages. But can you can you think about how proud your great mate Jacko would have been? Oh, our great mate, he would have oh, just yeah. been yeah, jumping I mean, around, and yeah, he would have been the best night of his life again. Yeah, I, I seen some highlights um, of <laughs> when I was playing, and and uh, you were there, obviously, you know, and um, and Jacko was there. So I mean, that was yeah. It's, it sort of got me all sentimental again, and you know, and I, I said to someone who sat beside me, uh, I think what happened on the night. Um, I wish he was still here, you know. So yeah, of really good to share. You mean, instead of being Alf, it would have been Jacko. <laughs> <laughs> Double team, yeah. Well, the uh, the come from both sides. The number thirteen is unlucky for some, but for our guest here on Sports Day, Mel Meninga, it will be forever a lucky number. The thirteenth league immortal, and after about thirteen thousand radio and TV interviews, Mel, I'm glad you could sneak us in for one uh, after Badger's been pestering you for the last four or five days, mate. Congratulations <laughs> again, thoroughly deserved, and uh, obviously continued success with the Kangaroos side moving forward. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, it's been great talking to you.
So how good is that? Mel Meninga, what an absolute superstar. He continues to be, and uh, I wouldn't worry too much, uh, Sats, about being intimidated by the great man because I think you're in some pretty good company there as well. You know what, Benny? I really enjoyed sitting back, and although we were all asking questions, because Badge and Mel have been best friends for 40 years, I really find it interesting and intriguing. I sit back and I watch Badge and him talk, and it's like two guys that are just sitting around the bar having a mm. chat. Mm-hmm. And that's when Mal, he drops his guard and yeah. becomes really animated and, <laughs> and quite deep within his in his, um, his answer to questions. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy watching those two communicate. Yeah. We needed about an hour longer, I reckon, in that chat. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you yeah. completely, Sats. Now... Let's turn our attention to tonight. Uh, there's obviously a couple of big games as round 22 really starts to ramp up. But our focus is going to be on uh, what you've informed me as I continue my rugby league education, being a relative newcomer to uh, to the game, Sats. The Book of Feuds. Now, I've done a little bit of research on this, and I even watched some amazing footage going back to the 2012 season where these two sides, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters, played out some amazing games. Uh, you talk about incredible comebacks. Well... Uh, in particular, the Rabbitohs win at ANZ Stadium when they scored two tries in the last 90 seconds, I think it was, to, to pinch basically victory from the jaws of defeat. We could be witnessing for the second week in a row on a Friday night a, a grand final preview. This has got mouthwatering written all over it, hasn't it? It has. They've had such a great history, both these clubs. Um, both clubs that started out in the competition many, many years ago, 110 years ago, whatever it may be, yeah. have had some amazing battles and... The real rivalry stems from the early 70s when at the South Sydney had a great era. They played in six grand finals out of seven years. They won four of them. And then all of a sudden, one of their favourite sons in Ron Coote gets poached by the Roosters and hmm. gets signed and heads across to Bondi. It's just, it was just a no-no. You never did it as a yeah. Rabbitohs player. But <laughs> that just stoked the fire yep. a little more about this great rivalry. And then it's just continued. And probably more in the recent, probably... Since Russell Crowe has actually taken over, that's when it's really started to hit its peak because, you know, he is such a he's such a great orator and also fantastic at um, at trying to uh, how am I trying to say it? I'm trying to say I'm trying to create as many enemies as possible mm, to make yep. his club um, a bit of us, us against them type of scenario. Yeah, isn't it? second yeah. favourite side with the, with the way they play, with the aggression, yeah. whatever it may be. But also, he's also tried to do a bit of a roosters on the roosters. He's always tried to hmm. to try and steal roosters players as well. Um, but this one again tonight is an absolute cracker of a game played at ANZ Stadium. Yeah, it's this realistically this should get anywhere from fifty to sixty thousand people. I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think it will. But hmm. Yeah, they've had so many uh, great battles, these these sides. And as you mentioned, they've always been the last gasp wins on yeah. most occasions. Up next, we're going to look back on the Thursday night clash up in Townsville between the Cowboys and the Broncos that went right down to the wire. We're doing it for Kubota diesel generators, providing reliable, constant backup power that you need when you need it most. And first choice lick up for all your liquor needs. Off the bench for Kubota diesel generators and first choice liquor. This is Off The Bench for First Choice Liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench. Benny Jones alongside Scotty Sattler as we look at all the big talking points throughout the week in league and, of course, start to look forward to what's still to come in Round 22. But uh, before we look forward, let's head to Thursday night Townsville. Wow, these two sides, arguably the biggest sporting rivalry in Australian club sport I would think right now and that is of course the Cowboys and the Broncos let's see how it all unfolded 
Let's get an NRL update for 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven. Good call. Yeah, speaking of good calls, freshly ground coffee all day, every day at 7-Eleven for just $1. It doesn't get any better than these two sats when they uh, come up uh, head-to-head. The Cowboys defeating the Broncos last night, but... I don't know why we're shocked and surprised that we got such a stunning finish because that's just par for the course with these two. It was great to see also that we saw what possibly the Cowboys could have been in 2018, mm. Benny, when they've got you know, Jordan McLean and they've got Jason Taumalolo, who hasn't missed any games, but also they've got Matty Scott back in the side as well. They started looking like that formidable forward pack that we thought at the start of the year would take them through to a, a possible top four finish but uh yeah it they got to a stage there the cowboys they got behind the eight ball didn't they with the broncos but it's it just one of those games a little bit like the roosters and and the rabbits games it's that great rivalry that yeah. doesn't matter how each side is going at that part of the season they just they create a thriller no different last night there was some, some contentious calls as well um with some uh video refereeing as well mm-hmm. um some amazing moments as well with on halftime, Cole Felt, which oh. I'll allude to as well. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it had everything this game. It had con- uh, controversy, and it just had fantastic tries as well. Yeah, it was indeed. Didn't get the result he was after, but um, what, a, what a game of contrasting halves too, Sats, because you know, the first half, while it was far from pretty, a lot of mistakes from both sides, plenty of points scored. Jason Taumalolo, just a wrecking ball early as the Cowboys shot out to a, a pretty handy lead. But then the game did turn back in the Broncos' favour on the back of an eight-point try. Now, was this the right call? Matty Lodge going over, copped some contact as he put the ball down from, uh, I think it was Tamari Mar. Martin's knee, yep. so a resulting penalty after the try was awarded. Uh, did they, they get all that right? Well, the interpretation says they did because, and again, this is how great Billy Slater is, he's changed two laws in the game. One yeah. was when teams were deliberately kicking it over the dead ball line, so Melbourne had to come back and start from a 20-metre tap without seven tackles back then, mind you. And he's also was a player that was renowned for throwing his feet in yep. to try and knock the ball out before a player put the ball down. So under the interpretations of the rules, yes, it's right. But in saying that, I think it's got to be a premeditated, intentional mm. act. Mm. Um, Tamari Martin's knees coming in contact with Matty Lodge's head, I don't think it was an intentional act. I think it was a reactionary act, yep. a, rea- a reaction to try and obviously stop the try. But I don't think there was any... Uh, intentional act to try and maim the opposition player. So, you mm. know, under the interpretations, you've got to say, yes, it was right. Does that interpretation probably have to change? Um, or the ruling of it? Or the mindset of the of the bunker referees that are adjudicating on it? Yeah, it probably does. But yeah. you're right, it, did, it threw the game right open because at that stage then, the Broncos were 14-2 behind. And then all of a sudden, they're leading 16-14 on the back of a try yep. and then a penalty try on the back of that. So, um, yeah, it turned the game on its head. And, of course, one of those tries was, I thought, the wrong call from the bunker. The intercept from James Roberts, which Mm. was scrutinised, and the on-field call was a try. Um, But I thought the evidence, I thought there was enough evidence to show that James Roberts had, in fact, touched the ball. Yeah, and when Jimmy the Jet got the motors going, no one was catching him. Then another amazing moment right on the hooter of half-time when uh, the the Cowboys awarded a penalty. Cole Felter said, well, 55 metres, I fancy my chances from this sort of range. It was a bit of a throwback to the old days, and... Well, he sat it up, he gave it all he had, and boy, he actually made the distance quite comfortably. Arrow straight. Um, amazing kick from Cole Felt, that one. 
I enjoyed that more than the intercept try because <laughs> you don't see it. We do always we? well, we always knew that the distance wasn't going to be a problem because when he actually kicks off the way that Kyle Phillips yeah. kicks off, he actually has to pull back. He's probably only kicking at about seventy five percent. It's about the height and the, the spiral that he probably more concentrates on as opposed to the distance. But we knew he was going to make the distance. It, it was a matter of whether he had the nerve to to be able to kick it straight because when you're kicking off, you're not actually aiming for no. anywhere. You're just sort of aiming for around about an area. Yep. So it was yeah, it was great school by Cole Phil. I loved it. I thought yeah. it was just a tremendous way to finish off the first half, which, as you said, had a few mistakes. It was... Mm. You sort of forgot about the mistakes when you saw that in the first half. And then, uh, conversely, the second half was almost perfect from both sides, completing their sets. Uh, the Cowboys were under the pump. Of course, the Broncos out that 30-18 lead looked pretty comfortable, but you just knew in a game like this, there's no such thing as comfortable. And then it was left to the man who has been criticised for possibly going a year too long, but we know in his amazing and illustrious career in those moments when the game is on the line, he has just found a way. I refer to Jonathan Thurston. Yeah, okay, it was a fortunate and somewhat savage bounce from his kick in those dying stages, but uh, you, know, you, you make your own luck, and Cohen Hess there to pounce to, to pinch the game late for the Cowboys. Uh, again, just the, the, the type of finish that that game always yeah. seems to produce. Yeah, exactly. And What has been interesting is... An argument that we've spoken about before, Ben, is the difference between announcing your retirement before the season kicks off as opposed to just letting the season play out and making it towards the back end of a season and and how that affects the form of players. I think Jonathan, by announcing at the start of the season, that makes the season all of a sudden. Every training session becomes longer and harder and the end of the season is a long way away. And Sometimes you want it to be a long way away because you don't want it to finish. But it become arduous, it becomes fatiguing, both physically and emotionally, and that's the way mm. Jonathan has played this year. I think he's had a really good year. He's Statistically wise, he's one still up there in the top two or three in a lot of the major statistics. So yeah. individually, he's had a good year, but he's just looked fatigued and tired when you look at his body language. And But funnily enough, the last three weeks, now that the end is near, it just seems as though that Jonathan has found this extra... extra um, few yards of pace and mm. it's really challenging the line more and a lot of his key plays are coming up with uh, results. You mentioned the Broncos looked home and hose at 30-18 to 18 and we are actually quite critical last night on NRL Nation about why they were keeping off their big three forwards off the field and I know he's got a method to his madness Paul Green, he's proved us all wrong but by having them off the field they did get to a 30-18 to 18 lead, the Broncos, but as soon as he put them on the field, yep. McLean, Tao Malolo and Matty Scott, yep. they just turned into another beast. And all mm. of a sudden, they marched up field and went try, try, try. And again, Paul Green, he's got the job because he knows more than us. And yeah. <laughs> he, um, he injected them at, yeah. at the perfect time, had faith that they'd still have enough time to just run the Broncos um, mm. Run the Broncos through those final stages, but they are really struggling. The Broncos for a yep. top four position, um, they can't win the premiership, and they look clueless around the halves. Mm. The, the halves, Nick Arima and also Anthony Milford. I'm still convinced Anthony Milford's a fullback. So yep. I think um, both of them in the halves, they just don't know how to take the game by the scruff of the neck and and play through different rhythms within the game, when to turn it up, when to sort of pull it back and play with a little bit more composure. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so at the moment, they're um, 
they're really not the answer there. The, the two of them as a, as a partnership, and it's really affecting their uh, their lead into the finals. Yep, Cowboys 34, Broncos 30. They could find themselves two games outside the top four with only three to go. You'd suggest they're probably just about cooked from that point of view, the Brisbane Broncos. Still to come, uh, we've got uh, Sats tips for the remainder of round 22. Also, his Makita Power Player of the Week. But that is our look back on the Thursday night blockbuster, the Queensland Derby, if you will, for the new Krispy Kreme Hershey's Cookie and Cream Donuts now available at 7-Eleven. Good call. Let's do this now on Off the Bench. The Great Debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Oh, well, let's be honest, we could spend the whole hour on it, but we don't have quite that much time up our sleeve. Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Essentially, it boils down, Sats, to Griffin versus Gould. Who's come out better after the verbal jousting of the past 72 hours? How have you seen it from afar? Oh, it's been interesting. As I said, I, I thought it was riveting viewing on uh, on Wednesday night on NL360. I'd, I'd love to see the, the numbers, the figures of uh, of viewers for that night. But I thought uh, Anthony Griffin came out composed, which he is as a as a human being. He's quite a composed, um, introverted man. I thought he was articulate. I thought he was very measured, Benny. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had every, had every right to do what he did. Um, as we said earlier on, I thought it was unprecedented what happened it was uh, quite groundbreaking where nrl 360 basically gave the floor to a, a coach that had been sacked and i think it obviously became a fox sports first a channel nine thing as well yep um with 360 firing the first shot over the bow and then channel nine we knew the footy show was was going to come back um with some form of reply and that's exactly what happened last night i thought gus gould in the footy show last night is exactly what gus gould um has built his career on as a, as a great orator, mm. uh, a man that can sell a vision. Um, and again, felt as though that he had to back up his statements from early on the week of why yep. Anthony Griffin was sold. Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> At the start, he wanted to be respectful. Early on, he said, oh, you know, I want to be respectful. But mm. then he just pulled out the 12-gauge and unloaded. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not in the furnace every day knowing what's going on behind closed doors, Benny. But what we do know is it doesn't make sense based on the in, the intelligence and the evidence that we can see in front and on the surface at the moment which means that when Anthony Griffin came in he improved them in their first year to uh, sixth position yep and then he improved them again to a sixth then he stayed at sixth position the following year and then this year they're a real premiership contender Mm -hmm. so from a PR perspective I can see why the decision was made because if they go through and win the premiership uh, it's a PR absolute nightmare debacle for the Penrith Panthers so in the club's defence, I can see why they did it. If there was some sort of fractured relationship between Gould and, and Anthony Griffin, but what I found interesting last night is Gould, and what a debut for Cameron Seraldo today in facing yeah. his first press conferences as the head coach or the interim coach. When Gould said last night that on two occasions Cameron Seraldo, who was held in very high um, high regard at the Penrith Panthers, has resigned twice, and and Gould has yep. has changed his mind. Now if if he actually tried to resign to Phil Gould and not Anthony Griffin, that there lies a problem right there because mm. Cameron Seraldo answers to Anthony Griffin. Anthony Griffin communicates that to his general manager of rugby league and Phil Gould. So there lies a problem right there if that's the way that it played out. So, um, yeah, it's, um, I feel as though you, were, you said earlier on, Benny, that it's about round five or six in this in this battle of uh, this debate at the moment. For Gus, probably is around five or six. But for Griffin... 
the fight's over. He you know, he dropped yeah. the microphone and walked yep. off stage Wednesday night. He'll lay like a crocodile now. You won't hear much more. Kubota diesel generators providing reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. We've debated it tonight, and I don't reckon it's going to be the last time this one comes up as a topic of conversation before the year is out. As we head to the break, uh, here's our good friend, AFL superstar Paddy Dangerfield, with a fishing tip for Anaconda. Anaconda, where you can play more but pay less. Patrick Dangerfield here for another fishing and boating tip for Anaconda. Play more, pay less. When you're heading out for your next real adventure, it pays to look ahead and check your local weather conditions before departure. TV and radio forecasts can be a great source of information when you're looking to head out. This has been another boating tip for Anaconda. Join the Adventure Club for great savings and fishing gear every day. So there you go. Nice work from you, Paddy. Thank you for that. Anaconda, join the Adventure Club for great savings on fishing gear every day. Up next, uh, Scotty Sattler is going to tell us who he's got nominated as his Makita Power Player of the Week and his tips for the rest of Round 22. It's all still to come here on Off the Bench. Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and First Choice Liquor. The Makita Power Player for Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range. Yeah, Makita, love their support. Big friends of ours here on Off the Bench. And with those power garden tools, you can power through the toughest of jobs. Makita, when power means business. Pretty comfortable and easy nomination process for you this week, uh, Sat. Uh, bloke who hung up the boots earlier in the week made your, um, made your job pretty easy. Yeah, he, went, he goes all right, this kid. He goes <laughs> yeah. all right. Still Hale looks like a this. kid. Doesn't look like he's yeah. aged, has he? Billy the Kitty, uh, Billy yeah. Slater, of course, uh, announcing his retirement during the week. Benny, just just been an amazing athlete. I've loved that he stayed at the one club. I love that he's yeah. been a huge part of the Melbourne Storm, becoming a real recognisable uh, image in the landscape of the AFL world in, in Melbourne, albeit maybe a small one, but at least they play some part of the landscape down there, Benny. And you, you're from Melbourne, and you yeah. know that Melbourne Storm do play a, a part in the in the sporting... Well, I think it's the sporting capital of, of Australia, Melbourne. And I just think that um, the way that he's held himself with such class throughout his career... He started out his career really erratic as a player. People weren't sure about whether he could emotionally hold it together week in, week out to be an NRL player. He had all the attributes on the field, the physical attributes, but did he have the psychological attributes to be a uh, a week in, week out representative player, let alone a, an NRL player? But he's just proven to be a great leader, a fantastic ambassador for the game off the field, um, a real family man as well. But I just love listening to Craig Bellamy, his coach from Melbourne. I love sitting there listening to Bellamy talk about Billy Slater. It's like... It's like a fan talking about their favourite player. Yeah. And it, it's quite obvious that the Billy Slater has played a huge part, and vice versa, uh, in in the life of uh, Craig Bellamy and Billy Slater. Um, they've just had an amazing uh, relationship at Melbourne. I'm just so glad. And fingers crossed, Benny, I'm just fingers crossed that he can go through this rest of the season mm-hmm. uh, without injury, without uh, any obstacles that are getting in his way to, to make him leave the game the way that he deserves to leave. He's just been yeah. one of the greatest athletes of this game. I think, I think um, you know, I talked to my father who played alongside and against the great Graham Changa Langlands and was coached by another immortal in Clive Churchill, two fullbacks that basically um, were and still will be regarded as our, one of our greatest players or two of our greatest players of all time. And mm. I think he's even started to come around to say that he's the best fullback that yeah. Billy's even, ever seen. And, um, that he's ever seen, which is a huge compliment oh. from 
players that are back in the 50s, yeah. 60s, and early 70s that that you know they like to think about players in their era are tougher, faster, quicker, more skillful. <laughs> yeah. But when they actually actually have to throw their cards on the table and concede and say, you know what, no, this kid's pretty good. It says a lot about oh, Billy yeah. Slater and, and what he's achieved in the game. He's oh. just he's one of those guys that. Doesn't matter how old you are, you can't wait to watch him play next. Yeah, it's high praise indeed. And of course, uh, now that he's heading off into the retirement sunset, uh, that trio of himself, Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, I mean, we probably won't see a triumvirate like it uh, in NRL circles anytime soon. They've just been incredible with what they've achieved at the Melbourne Storm, what they've achieved for Queensland, and of course, what they've also achieved wearing the green and gold as kangaroos. So well yeah, done to Billy Slater. Just really quickly, like the. Greatest try scorer of all time is Ken Irvine, 212 tries, which will never be passed. The only current player that's playing that is anywhere near that is Billy Slater. He's second on 187. He won't break that. And then the next one is Greg Inglis, is about 150-something, and he's mm. in the last maybe year yeah. or two of his career. So, um, yeah, it's a great player to get anywhere near Kenny, uh, Kenny, Kenny Irvine, and, and mm. Billy's done that. That just explains yeah. how great he is. Just another one of the great numbers on his very impressive league CV. That's a Makita Power Play, Makita's cordless power garden range, when power means business. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Yeah, and last week for Kubota's BX Series, the all-rounder that's up for just about anything, the four-driver team of Tickford Racing have been starved for success this year with their last podium appearance being Mark Winterbottom in Perth way back in May. But at Queensland Raceway, the drought was broken when Chas Mostart finished third. And he spoke with Matt and Steve on the show about how it was a confidence booster. Talking about about the the longer races, what was probably the most one of the most um, uh, I guess satisfying things on on Queensland, like at, at QR, was you know you had great qualifying pace, which is always good to start at the front. But your race pace, you know, I know Saturday was a mm-hmm. bit of a different strategy with only two tyres, which probably hurt you. But I still think that that was quite a strong race for you, considering. But Sunday, your race pace was mega and for a long period of time in those in those long stints yeah it's uh it was pretty tricky out there it's, it's, it's kind of with this category now if you get stuck behind someone for four four or five laps you can really find your tire pressures go up a lot higher than than the car that you're, you're generally following so you are at a disadvantage but even we, though we had that over the weekend and we were racing in the thick of it they still hung in there for a good pace for the guys that had clean air you know what i mean so um yeah it was a lot of positives to take out of it and it was good to be able to race those guys at the front and, and we've taken big leaps and, um, since the start of the year and to be close enough to see what your strengths are to them and what your weaknesses are because then that's what you go back to the workshop, you'd nut down with your engineer and the team and um, you know they're the, they're the things you're trying to, to get on top of. So you come up with the new ideas and go to the, the track the next weekend and, and hopefully you make gains. So it's just good to have, I think we've found a bit more of a base and we've just got to try and yeah, keep that consistency rolling. I mean, it must have been a heck of a regroup after Townsville, mate, because we saw there a, a, a mistake. Well, I don't know if it was a mistake. It was just a bit of a, a, a momentary just poor timing. issue. Just poor timing, really, that you ended up double stacking. We heard you get relatively tired and emotional on the radio and you and you blew up about being there. And then your teammate, Stanaway, was sort of half blowing up in the car and doing big skids around the place. So was there a real sit-down moment from Tim and the rest of the team to just say, hey, Hang on, boys and girls. Let's just regroup. Let's refocus. Let's get to QR and, and uh, see if we can do better. Did that actually sort of happen? Nah, mate. We were just doing it all for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> 
Another big addition of the driver's seat is coming your way this Sunday. Garth Tander joins us and current Bathurst champion David Reynolds will also join the boys in the co-host chair as well. You can catch the show Sunday on the driver's seat for Kubota's mighty M71. It has massive pulling power. We're off to a break here on Off the Bench. Still to come, Sats tips for the remainder of round 22. So stick around. We'll be back right after this. Off the Bench for Kubota diesel generators and first choice liquor. It's time for Scotty's Tips for Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. Yeah, you can do that. Oh, by the way, there's a little extension on that web address that has got some great advice, uh, ideas, top tens, uh, itinerary, uh, information that might help you formulate the dream holiday for you, your partner, your family, and even your friends. Uh, head along to bigfour.com.au forward slash great Aussie escapes. Uh, a list as long as your arm there to go and choose from. Let's get your tip sats uh, for the remainder of round 22. And we're going to look ahead to the three games on Saturday. And this one, I mean, it's it's fascinating in that you've got the Titans who are essentially playing for pride now. Uh, they can't make the finals up against a team that is motoring towards possibly a tilted a premiership, yet they've just sacked their coach in the Panthers. Yeah. Crazy. And the coach of the Titans is a former Panthers uh, lower grade coach as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think the Panthers. I don't think this is going to upset their apple cart too much uh, okay. during the week. What happens in rugby league, unfortunately, it's a team sport and it can become quite selfish. As a player, you say, mm. you know what, I can't change the situation, so I may as well just need to change my attitude. So uh, it doesn't matter who's coaching me, as long as I'm getting paid and I'm playing rugby league and winning <laughs> games, well, yeah. um, that's all I want to do. And that's yep. an unfortunate world we live in. And um, But I think the Panthers will uh, will beat the Titans. With top four aspirations, there's more on the yep. line for Penrith, so you, I think you're probably right there. Uh, two sides who won't be playing uh, in September either are the Seagulls and the Bulldogs, but they meet uh, in the middle game. Yeah, Seagulls. I just I just like what they've been doing, actually. They've they've got no troops. They're just doing their best, and they're holding themselves together with bits of sticky tape at the moment, and Daly Cherry Evans is playing like a leader should play in a side, so I think they'll beat the Bulldogs. Can the Eels, with their recent form line not as bad as it has been throughout the season, uh, beat the Dragons, who have been sort of all over the shop of late? Yeah, they can, but they won't. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, even though the Dragons are struggling, they've lost. Mm. Uh, the Dragons have lost four of the last five games, and that's post-Origin, which you expected to um, sort of the, the process that you'd follow after Origin with so many players. Yeah. You know, Luke Lewis said it's quite brutal honesty actually from a current player that said it took him six to seven weeks to recover from an origin series yeah wow and now we're getting into that sixth week after origin that uh the the dragons are are now got to find some motivation to get out of this slumber Mm. so uh i think this is the game well i've been saying that the last two weeks for the dragons but um this may be the game but coming up against a side that's a bit of a basket case the Parramatta eels so this might be a game that they can win win quite comfortably and get back on the horse again. Scotty Sattler's tips for round 22. Book now at big4.com.au. Well, two sides, and I, I am told by Gary Belcher, I have to say this, uh, Sats, mathematically mm-hmm. still a chance the Raiders of making the top eight. It won't happen, though. Uh, the, Tigers yeah, are, no. the Tigers are doing everything they can to stay in the race. They just need a few results above them to go their way. But uh, with that in mind, uh, this one on Sunday, what do you think? Yeah, Tigers don't have a great record down at Canberra. Uh, on the back of that, I don't know why it happens. We don't 
we've got no answer to it. I just think the Raiders will win. I, I can't okay. tell you why. I mm. just think they'll beat the Tigers because <laughs> that'll do. They're one of those new. Well, there's one of those nuisance sides, the yep. the Raiders that you don't know what mood they're going to turn up in, and mm. if they turn up in the right mood, well, they'll put forty on you. All right, and the final game of the weekend, round twenty-two, we'll wrap up with the Storm and the Sharks. Big, big match. This is a great way to finish. <laughs> yeah, the Sharks are one of those sides that when you play them. A lot of the times you lose the following week. Much like the Broncos two weeks ago, it's a scrappy win against the Sharks, but they really beat you up the Sharks physically. It mm. takes you longer to recover. Then you play the following week like the Broncos did. They played the Bulldogs and got beaten. So um, this game is going to be one of those ones where you're just going to roll up the sleeves, get in the trenches and win it really ugly. So I think the Storm will win it on the back of Billy announcing his retirement during the week. And yep. I think they're just, uh, after getting beaten last week, the Storm, they very rarely lose two in a row. Mm. So I think they'll win, but a real tight one. I think it might be like a yeah, 14-12 scoreline. All right, there you go. That's, that's tips for the remainder of round 22 for Big Four. Book now, bigfour.com.au. This has been another big edition of Off the Bench, powered by Kubota and First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. We'll catch you same time next week. That's all. Catch you same place, same time next week. See you, everyone. Off the Bench for Kubota diesel generators and First Choice Liquor. 